Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. So how are y'all? Feeling good? Y'all got enough room? Do you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Now, I, um, and I say, how, how are you doing? And I mean, I guess that's kind of the casual, usual greeting, right? How are you doing? And you're supposed to say, I, I'm good. Um, but I really did want to know um, how you're doing um, over the last few months. You know, as a pastor and having a pastor's heart, you know, you can, you can pray for people, you can call people, that kind of thing, but it's, it's really difficult not getting to see people, and because um, a lot of people aren't going to tell you what's really going on over a text or a phone call or, or anything like that, and so for the past few months, um, I know, speaking for me at least, I've been a little, a little anxious um, just to, not just to get back together, but to, but to hear how, how you're doing. Um, I think one of the things that separates this place um, apart. Um, not that other churches aren't great and they don't try, um, but I think we have um, a staff and leaders who genuinely care for their people. And so um, I'm, glad, I'm glad everybody's doing okay. The, the world is upside down right now. And, um, you know, not just uh, corona, but there's so many other things going on in our society right now. And um, anyway, it's, it's easy to get, it's easy to get over, overwhelmed and um, out of sorts. And so Today we're going to start um, a series we're calling Adulting. Um, how many of you uh, know what adulting is? It's acting like an adult even when you don't want to. How many of you are tire- tired of adulting? <laughs> how many of you can't believe Pastor Scott let, sh- let me preach a message in the series Adulting? Yeah. But then, who else is going to do it? Him? <laughs> Where is he? He's, he, he's more adult than I am. Um, I could get in trouble there calling him old and stuff. I won't do that. Um, anyway, we're going to start that series today. We're just going to talk about some things um, that hopefully will shed some light on different, um, different things about being, being an adult. And today I want to start that off by talking about um, our priorities. Priorities. Um, I'll, start, I'll, I'll set it up like this. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, it was actually Memorial Day weekend, my wife and I decided to, to get some new furniture. And I don't know about you, but our furniture still involves coming in a box and putting it together, right? And so we go, we, we get some furniture. We had um, like a recliner. We got a table and some chairs and that kind of thing. And we spent um, the rest of Memorial Day kind of putting this furniture together. And um, so the boxes are sitting in our garage. And maybe it gives you a little glimpse into who I am. But one of my thoughts when I do something like that is, what am I going to do with this trash, right? Like now I got to get rid of all this trash. And so I decided that the Tuesday on my way to the office, I would just take it by the recycling place. And so Monday, uh, Tuesday morning, I, I worked out, actually worked out in, in our garage that morning. I opened the garage and I, I loaded my truck and I thought I had all these boxes and styrofoam and plastic situated where nothing would blow out. <laughs> and so I had it in the recliner box. I kind of had it situated. I kind of had it stuffed in just a certain way. And I thought it was pretty good until I got about a quarter of a mile down the road, right? And I start to see stuff, see stuff shift. Um, a police officer drives by on the other side of the road. Thankfully, nothing flew out and like, hit him in the windshield. And so, of course, you know, there's that moment of panic, like, oh, man, this stuff is going to blow out. He's going to catch me littering or something like that. 
Well, I get, I get past him. I get another maybe quarter mile up the road, and now stuff starts to, starts to really, really get unsituated. And, you know, I, I, I would love to tell you that I stopped and picked up every piece of styrofoam that fell out of my truck um, because I'm a pastor. But I, that would be a lie. I didn't. Um, there was some, some styrofoam and some plastic began to like blow out the back and, and every now and then you would see like a, like a box that was, that was in my truck. You would start to see it kind of, and then I would slow down and <laughs> slow down, just trying to keep all this stuff in the truck. So finally, a box actually does fly out. Thankfully, there's nobody behind me. And so I, I pull over, I pull in somebody's driveway, long driveway, and I I, I, I get in the back of my truck. It was raining that day, so I put all the boxes inside the recliner box. I kind of stuff it, and then I realized I still had a bag of mulch in the back of my truck. So guess what I did? Took that bag of mulch and put it, everything on top of it. And then I got lost on my way to the recycling place. But I tell you, I tell you that story because isn't that the way life feels sometimes? Like you're just trying to keep everything in. Like... You're just, you're just trying to go from, from thing to thing, from kid to kid, from situation to situation, from how did this happen to how in the world did this happen, and meanwhile, life is catching up with you, and you're just, you're just trying to keep it all together, aren't you? You're just trying to keep all the plates spinning. You're just, you're just trying to keep all the balls in the air. Like You're just trying to keep everything in while you're going down the highway of life. Isn't that the way it feels? Isn't that the way adulting feels? Isn't that the way being over the age of 15 feels? Like you're just trying to keep up sometimes, aren't you? And forget about priorities. My only priority oftentimes is staying alive, right? Keeping everything in the box. That's the way life feels. It's just going crazy. And oftentimes, we will sacrifice what's important for what's immediate when that happens, won't we? Pastor Scott mentioned that last week. A lot of times when things get really, really busy, we will lose focus on the things that are important because we're trying to keep all the things that keep us busy inside the box. Busy will ruin what's best for you. If you find yourself running from thing to thing, just trying to do the most urgent thing, you're going to miss the best because busy is the enemy of best. But here's the deal. If Satan can't get you and defeat you, he will try to distract you by keeping you busy, by keeping enough things seemingly blowing out of your life that you have to constantly keep everything in. Meanwhile, you can't concentrate on the things that really matter and what God really has for you because you're so busy concentrated on the urgent that you miss the important. A few weeks ago, I posted the question on Facebook, what causes our priorities to get messed up? Anybody answer that question? Y'all remember me doing that? Well, thanks for being my Facebook friend. (laughs) With friends like these. Kim, do you remember me doing that? You didn't look at my, you have me blocked. Anyway. I post, I love y'all. I posted on, on Facebook, what are the things that, that gets our priorities messed up? And here's some of the answers that some people, some people put instant versus de- delayed gratification. In other words, acting out of impulse instead of what's best. This is this ha- often happens when you see a new car or something that you want and you're act out of impulse rather than what's best. Uh, demands of urgent things. Being comfortable, right? Sometimes 
just being comfortable. We know that this would be right and this would be better, but this is comfortable, and so we refuse to move to it, right? Um, Selfishness. We'll talk about some of that in a minute. Social media, I think it's a big one. I think that's a big deal because what we see sometimes on the other side of of our phone will cause us to decide we have to get that or we have to be that or we want that. And meanwhile, we sacrifice the priorities that we had laid out before because we want that, right? Social media. Um, Greed. Somebody said the company you keep. If you're a mama, you've said that before. You are the company you keep, right? Putting off time with God. There's no time to kind of recenter your your energy, your, your focus on him. And I think most of those really come down to just a few, just a few things. And that's what I want to talk, talk about today. I'm going to talk from the subject of check yourself. I wanted to call it check yourself before you. Wow, the response is not good this morning. Check yourself before you. Yeah, that was Ice Cube, right? Y'all don't know that song? We have, actually have it. No, I'm just kidding. That would be, be, that'd be cool if we could have hit it right there. Some of y'all been like, some of y'all been like, this is my church. (laughs) Check yourself. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15 today. And one of the things I realized a few weeks ago is the last few times I've preached, both both online, which I'm glad y'all are back in front of me. That was a struggle bus. Um, But but both online and here is I've preached from the the Old Testament. And that's not necessarily on on purpose, but I do do love the Old Testament. And so maybe you're a new believer this morning, or or maybe you don't read the Bible a ton. I would just encourage you, don't be scared of the Old Testament. I think sometimes we think God's two different gods in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, But the thing that changed was Jesus. And so it does change kind of how he deals with people. But there's some wonderful stories in the Old Testament of God's power. And like the stories we talked about a few minutes ago with him parting seas, with him turning bones into a human alive, living, breathing person. There's some crazy, incredible stories in the Old Testament. So don't be scared of the Old Testament. But 1 Samuel 15, just to kind of set the story up, it's the Amalekites. They're the enemy of the Israelites. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They were the people that he chose to have relationship with. It was before Jesus, and so the offer wasn't just like out there for anybody to accept Jesus, but God chose the Israelites. They were his people, but they had made these enemies in the Amalekites. And the reason that the Amalekites were the were the enemies of the Israelites is because they had attacked the Israelites at a time when they were really, really vulnerable, right after they left um, slavery in Egypt. And so God is looking to kind of avenge this, and he calls Samuel, who was um, a prophet, which means they speak the words of God, they, they foretell and they foretell for God. He sends Samuel to go to the king of Israel, Saul. And deliver a message. Now Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul was God's chosen man to lead the Israelites. But Saul, little by little, walked away from who God made him to be. And he slowly walked away from God. And so in this story, this is kind of one of the last straws for King Saul. In this story, Samuel delivers a message to, to Saul and says, I want you to go and attack the Amalekites and destroy everything, every living thing, everything in the land. Take nothing back, but just plunder, or just go into this place, attack it, and take everything. Don't leave anything. And that's where we'll pick up the story. Verse 8, 1 Samuel 15, says, He captured King Agog of Amalek alive, but he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. 
Saul and the troops spared Agog, the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and choice animals, as well as the young rams and the best of everything else. What? Like, seriously. He's, he's, they've already messed up, right? Because they were supposed to destroy what? Everything. And it says, and I think these four words are really, really important oftentimes in our life. It says, they were not willing. They were not willing. Sometimes it's not that we don't know what to do. It's just that we're not willing to do it. They were not willing to destroy them, but they did destroy all the worthless and unwanted things. So the Israelites and Saul, they disobeyed. They, they were told, go in to Amalek, take everything, kill off everything, don't bring anything back. The priorities that God had given Saul and the Israelites were pretty clear, Right? One priority, take out everything. Did they do it? No. One of the reasons why they may not have is because during this time period, one of the ways that the armies would get paid, quote, was they would go and they would attack a people. And once they, once they won the battle, they would take all of the, the, um, the spoils and bring them back. And that was basically, they got to keep those. And so that was basically their payment for fighting in the war. And some scholars believe that that's one of the reasons why they did it here, that it wasn't just, I'm going to go against God, but it was just what they were used to. Don't we sometimes lose priorities when it's normal? Like, how many of the routines on a day-to-day basis that you go through, do you even, you don't even think about them, do you? And I think so often we can do something for so long and over such a period of time, and it can be so ingrained into us that we don't know why we do it. We don't, we don't have any priority in it because it's normal. I think that's, that's one of the big problems with religion, isn't it? That you can get into these, these routines, you can do the right stuff, you can check the right boxes, but you can miss the priority in it all, right? If you're not careful. I think that's what, that's what happened here. And I think for, for a lot of us today, if we were going to list our priorities, our priorities wouldn't be a list of things we value. They would just be a list of things that we do because we've always done them that way. So the Israelites disobey. And I think that brings us to a place to kind of evaluate our own priorities. You know, priorities don't fall, they slip. You ever thought about that? Matter of fact, I think a lot of things in life are like this. Our integrity doesn't fall, it slips. If something falls, it's going to alert us, right? If it happens overnight, it's going gonna, it's gonna to alert us. Something's going something's gonna to make us, make us change something. That's the same way with our priorities. They don't just fall overnight. They they, they slip. They slip over, over time. God's message to Saul was, was really, really clear, but that's also the story of Saul's life is that he slipped little by little by little. He got prideful. He got impatient. He slipped little by little. That's what happened. I mean, no one wakes up one day and says, okay, today is June 14th. I'm going to ruin my life today. It's the day I've been waiting on. Nobody put in their 2020 vision planner, June 14th, ruin your life, did they? Nobody, nobody said, okay, this morning I'm going to walk away from everything that's important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget about my family, even when I'm on the, in the same room with them. I'm, I'm not going to be engaged with them. Nobody said, okay, I'm just going to ignore my spouse. I, I, I want this marriage to end. No, nobody, nobody just says one day they're going to ruin their life. No, how does it happen? Little by little by little by little. 
priorities don't fall. Integrity doesn't usually, a lot of times, just fall, but it slips. It starts out with just a little step off of what you know is right. Just another little step. Can I get by with that? And before you know it, you're over here. Priorities don't fall. They slip little by little. I think for us, usually it's, it's something small. It's like, you know, I had a really long, long week. So I wanted to treat myself. So I bought myself a little something. Well, the next week I had another bad week and I needed to buy something a little more expensive, right? And now the credit card's maxed out. I've got three and I'm in debt. Or, you know, I just, I just needed to zone out. I had a long day at work. I just needed to zone out, for, forget my family. But then you had a couple of bad days and then four nights out of the week you completely ignore them and you're looking at your phone all night or you're watching something. And then before, after a period of months and months and months of this happening, now your, your family doesn't even, doesn't even know you. How about this? I, I'll start the gym next week, right? And then you can't start on a Friday, a Saturday, or Sunday. You have to start on a Monday. So I'll start on Monday, and then I forgot Monday, so now I've got to wait till the next Monday, right? And then in the, mean, in the process, you've, you, you haven't cared what you ate because you're going to start eating better when you start, duh, working out. And you get to this point where you're, you're unhealthy and you don't, you're not even sure how it, how it happened. It's little by little by little. And I'm not saying that we have to be perfect, and I know I'm, I'm taking every one of those instances to the extreme, but that's how it happens. That's how our priorities slip. And one of the reasons why, some scholars believe, one of the reasons why God decided to deal with the Amalekites in this way was to test Saul. Because Saul had disobeyed him for so long that God gave this almost as a test to King Saul. Because stress tests your priorities, doesn't it? I, I'm, I'm, I've heard the, the quote that character isn't, isn't built under stress, it's revealed. It's like, it begins to test who you really are when, when the stuff hits the fan, doesn't it? Stress tests your priorities. It tests what's really most, most important to you. And Saul is, is going to utterly fail this test because his priorities and his character is not able to withstand it. So obviously Saul's disobedience troubles Samuel. And in verse 12 it says, Early in the morning, Samuel got up to confront Saul. But it was reported to Samuel, Saul went to Carmel, where he set up a mountain for himself, a monument for himself. Now, Carmel is a place of idol worship. It's a place where different idols were worshipped. And Saul goes there, sets up a monument for himself. Then he turned around, went down to Gilgal. And when Samuel came to him, Saul said, may the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. What? And then I love Samuel's response because I, I think this is a response I would give. You can tell the sarcasm in Samuel's voice. He's like, then what is the sound of sheep, goats, and cattle I hear? It's like, excuse me. It, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of like a teenager hiding, like, or a kid getting a dog, finding a dog and trying to hide it from their parents, but it keeps barking. I mean, it's like, well, what is the sound of, of sheep, goats, and, and, and cattle I hear? Pride isn't obvious. Pride wears a mask. Because ultimately, that's, that's what Saul is doing here. He's, he's half obeyed God. He's got his priorities out of whack. And now he's set up a, a monument for himself. But he doesn't even realize it. Do you see that? Like, 
one of the, one of the things that, uh, that will paralyze our priorities is pride. Because when I start thinking about me, and when I start only thinking about me, then all of my priorities are out the window. Because who do I have to make happy? Who do I have to make feel good? Who matters in my life when I become prideful? It's me, right? And so it paralyzes everything else. The thing that God wants for you, Matthew 6, he makes our priorities very clear in Matthew 6, He says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. In other words, what God is saying is he's saying, if you'll seek relationship with me, I will take care of everything else. If you'll make me your number one priority and the relationships with others, love God, love others, those are your priorities. And what, what pride does is it puts it all out of order. And so now pride makes it begin with you and everything else falls under it. And I don't know about you, but I make a terrible God. And so pride paralyzes our priorities. I think we usually think of of pride is something that's loud, something that talks about itself a lot, something that walks with a certain swag, a one-upper. You know those people? It's like, hey, I found a dollar on the ground today. Hey, I won the lottery in 1976. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like I think we usually think of, of pride as, as somebody like that, somebody who, who's always got a good story to tell about themselves, someone who's very, very loud and boisterous and kind of walks with a, with a, with a, certain, with a certain limp kind of thing. And, and they think, we think that's what pride is. But oftentimes, the biggest pride is the pride that's quiet. It's the thing that will mess up your priorities and throw off what God has for you isn't the loud and the outspoken pride, but it's those ways you, ways you try to elevate yourself above other people in conversations. You know, do y'all know what I mean? Don't, don't make out like y'all don't do this. Or you'll see something, and you'll have a thought of how you could have done better or how you're thankful you're not like that. I, I think it's a big problem. I think it's, it plays a large role in the racism we have in our country. And so as long as, as long as I can elevate myself and feel better about myself, I don't have to treat you a certain way. You don't have to be a priority to me if I can justify every time why you're not good, as good as me. Pride, it'll kill you. And this is the ultimately, this, this story is the very thing that brought Saul down. And here he is, he's, he's on a... a, a a mountain where idol worship is prevalent. And he set up a monument to himself, and he's claiming that he did the thing that God told him to do. How jacked up is that? Saul and Samuel continue this conversation. Saul still doesn't realize what he's done. And even talks about, hey, hey, we, we kept the best of these animals so that we could offer a sacrifice to God. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that like us sometimes? It's like, yeah, I'll live like that, but I'm going to tithe. You know what I'm saying? We think it kind of equals out, but it doesn't. First Samuel verse 15, verse 22. says, then Samuel said, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as... 
as much as in obeying the Lord. Look, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. We aren't immune. We become what we value. You become what you value. You know, over time, your priorities will show up in who you are. Like, over, over a period of time, after, after you've been married long enough, you can't fake it anymore, can you? After you've known someone long enough, you can't impress them anymore, can you? After you've lived out in a certain way and with certain priorities in your life, you can't fake it anymore. Who you are is going to show out by the priorities you have, aren't they? As a matter of fact, for some of you today, if you don't like the person you are, I bet that you can trace it back to where those priorities began to slip. Maybe it was a time where you got really prideful. Maybe it was a time where you decided that I had to be number one, and so you started a habit that hadn't, that hadn't been healthy, and it led you to an unhealthy place. Maybe it was a time where you decided, I need to capitalize on this moment, and I have an opportunity to make some extra money, or I have an opportunity to do something I've always wanted, and that was when your priorities began to, to slip. Your priorities are going to show, or you're going to show, your priorities are going to show in who you become. And here's what I love about this story, though is that after all of this, after the disobedience, after the pride, after all of it, Saul proves that religion isn't the answer. Because basically what Samuel is telling Saul in those verses is Saul is trying to come back at Samuel and say, wait, 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 wait. I am going through the motions. Like, I am doing this, this religion thing. Like, I have, I have given some money. I have read my Bible today. And what Samuel is doing is he's looking at Saul and he's saying, Saul, don't you get it? God isn't after your stuff. He's after you. God isn't about, he's not after your ritual. He's not after you, 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 you being miserable. He's not after your money. He's not after your, your relationships. He is after you. And what Saul, what God wanted most from Saul throughout his kingship is he wanted someone who would lead with integrity and love him. And Saul never got there. He's not, if you're in the room this morning and maybe you have all these misconceptions misconceptions about church and Christianity. God isn't after your stuff. He's not even after your sin. He's after you because when you get to know him, you will willingly give up the sin. You become what you value. And so maybe the first step to getting our priorities right is to stop and say, there's nothing better than you. To begin to value who he is so that our life can begin to reflect it. What if you spent your entire life juggling a lot of balls, keeping a lot of plates spinning? What if you spent your entire life making sure the kids' rooms were clean, making sure dinner was on the table by 6.30, What if you spent your entire life running kids to soccer practice and baseball practice? What if you spent your entire life doing a bunch of good things? What if you spent your entire life doing a bunch of good things for other people, but you missed it all? Because your priorities get out of order. 
we become what we value. So eventually, Saul admits where he failed. Verse 24, Saul answered Samuel. And you can go back and you can read this story. There's more in there. And I would encourage you to read it, especially now that you have some context for the whole thing. It says, Saul answered Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command in your words. Because what? I was afraid of the people. People. The voices of people. If you listen to them will rob you of your priorities in life. Even good people, even godly people, if you give too much weight to what they say, they will rob you of your priorities because ultimately, no matter how godly you are, you aren't God and you're, after, you're looking after you. You need what you need. So I don't, I don't care if people are saying a lot of really good things about you right now. I don't care if they're saying a lot of nasty things about you. Do not base your life and your priorities on the voices of people. Because what will happen is you'll spend your entire life pleasing a bunch of people, half of them, and you'll look in the rearview mirror and you'll have completely missed your purpose because you were so busy pleasing those people. I'm not saying to tick people off on purpose. I don't think that's godly. But you got to set your priorities. Saul listened to the people. The story concludes, verse 35. It says, even to this day, or even to the day of his death, Samuel never saw Saul. 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 <laughs> Again. Samuel mourned for Saul. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. And so here's one of the questions I asked as I was reading this story, especially this verse, is I, want, I wanted to ask, like, why was this the thing? Like, why was this the straw that broke the camel's back with God? Like, Saul, if you go, if you go back, ever, ever, ever since Samuel, 1 Samuel 10, he's, he's disobeying God. I mean, he makes a sacrifice ahead of time when he wasn't patient. He, he, gets, he gets prideful. He um, does all different kinds of underhanded stuff, starts marrying the wrong ladies. And I don't even have time to talk about all that. But he, he makes these series of mistakes. And so I, I, I asked God, I was like, why is this the pivotal moment of, this, of Saul's life? And all I got back was this, and this is all I could think of, is there's just some moments in life that matter more. Right? Like, I think there's just, some, there's just some moments, and you don't really always know it, but sometimes you can feel it where you're like, this, this just matters more. This decision just matters more. This moment in time, it just matters more. And I wonder if today isn't one of those for you. Where you put a stake in the ground and you say, okay, I am not, no more. I'm going to get my priorities in order. I'm not going to bow to the whims of people no matter how much I like them. I'm not going to live in pride. I'm not going to walk in pride. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to worship anything but God with my money. I'm not going to do, I'm putting a stake in the ground. And I'm going to check myself. So. How do you have a different fate? If you have an app on your phone, 
a notes app or whatever, I have just a few thoughts about how can you check your faith? What does it look like to check or to check your priorities? What does it look like to, to check your priorities? I wanted to get practical here. I don't want to just tell you to watch your priorities and then not give you any principles behind it. And so how do you do it? If you have a paper, you have paper. That's awesome. You're so old school. You have, I didn't say old, I said old school. But if you have something to type in, number one, compile. Compile. Compile a list. And I don't mean compile a list of what you want your priorities to be right now, but what do you spend most of your time on? What do you spend most of your time and energy and money on? Compile a list. Because I don't, it, may not, it may not look exactly like you want it to. Compile a list. Number two is halt. I know it's an odd word, but I, need, I needed an H word. Halt. In other words, <laughs> preacher brain. In other words, slow down. Slow down, because if you continue to run from thing to thing, you're never going to be able to evaluate. So slow down. Maybe, maybe you take 30 minutes of your lunch break this week, and you think through this. But halt, slow down. Number three, evaluate. What do you want your priorities to be? Who do you want to be? Evaluate, where do, where do I want to go? If we begin with the end in mind, if we begin with the result that I want, this is what I want my priorities to be. What, what do I need to do to to get there, evaluate. And then check your pride. Check your pride. Ask yourself, what is my motivation in life? Where, am I, where are those prideful spots that I don't, I don't want to talk about, but where am I showing that pride? And then the K is keep trying. Keep trying. Because here's the good thing. You and I do not have a God that one mistake and he ruins everything. We do not have a God that can't redeem what, what we have lost. We do not have a God who, no matter how you've lived your life to this point, can't reach back and redeem your past. And so, yes, you may fail, you may mess up, you may have gotten your priorities out of order for so long, like you don't even know where the, all of your priorities are. You can't even find them to put them back in order. But I want you to know today that it's okay, keep trying. You have a God that desperately loves you and is willing to seek after you over and over and over and over again. I don't care how many boxes or trash or styrofoam fly out of the bed of your truck. God is willing to go back and pick them up for you to lift you up and say, I just want relationship with you. Here you go. I can redeem that. I can make that right. Don't quit trying. And if you're in here this morning and you've, you haven't felt inspired by anything I've said, as a matter of fact, you felt more confused and you felt more tired, just know you don't, that you don't have to be perfect. He can redeem what you have lost. That's who he is. Keep walking. Keep trying. It's never too late. But sometimes need to pull over in somebody's driveway, put all your boxes back in, and reevaluate. Sometimes you got to quit leaving, making the plate spin, let them crash and throw a bag of mulch on it. I don't know where that was headed. <laughs> With every head, head bowed and every eye closed. Some of you some of you this morning, you have been, you've been extremely tired from hearing me talk because as you do evaluate where you are, you feel so messed up. And some of you feel that way because 
you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if, if the number one priority for us is to seek first God and I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm already behind the eight ball. So if that's you this morning and you feel like you need to accept Christ, you need to ask him to be in charge over your life, in the quietness of this moment, you can say it out loud, it doesn't matter. Just say, God, I've messed this up. My priorities are out of order. My life is out of order. But somehow I believe you did come to earth, come to earth live a perfect life, and, and die for me. And that you rose three days later. So God, I ask for you to, I'm, I'm going to find out what it means. I don't even know what all of it means right now, but I ask you to come into my heart, my life. You are the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. God, teach me from here on out. In Jesus' name. God, thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. God, thank you for, for us being back together little by little. And God, I do just, uh, I just pray the blessing over them and their families. God, it's been a struggle for so long at this point for a lot of us. So God, I just pray for a renewed sense of energy, a renewed sense of strength, a renewed sense of emotional stability. God, renewed resources and finances. And God, most of all, I pray that your glory and your face would show in what you do in our lives. That we would look back and we would see how great you've been to us, even though sometimes we can't see it right now. God, help for us to get our priorities right. God, help for us to, to trust that if we seek you and begin to align things, that you'll align it for us. God, thank you so much for the honor to teach your word. God, may that ever, may that never get stale to me. God, thank you for the people I get to teach it to. In Jesus' name, amen.